everybody, my name is Matt. Welcome to the Better Dad Podcast. I live in Southern California with my three children and my beautiful wife, and I launched this podcast in order to grow as a dad in 2021. It's all about getting the chance to chat with experts in areas that I wanna grow and with dads who I think are killing it in order to grow as an emotionally available and involved dad. This is episode five, and my guest today is Ron Cecil. Ron is an entrepreneur, a writer, a podcaster, and a coach who specializes in masculine wholeness, which I'll let him explain what that means. He's also a husband and a father of two kids. We got to talk about how his experiences in helping men find wholeness has played into him being a father. We talk about how he's learned to deal with the white hot rage we often experience as dads, and he gives us a glimpse of his work, including a former podcast he hosted called Sexy Tuxedo Jesus. Be on the lookout for that. But we started out by chatting about his newly launched podcast, Cutting for Sign. Here's my conversation with Ron. You uh, you recently launched a new podcast. Um, Cutting for Sign. It's a great podcast. My favorite let's... one. Except for this one. <laughs> <laughs> let, let's hear it, man. Cutting for Sign. What the, what the hell? What does that even mean? Yeah, it's... it's um, it's an old archaic phrase uh, that hunters and trackers used yeah. to find the thing, the animal or the person that they were seeking. And I use it, uh, and, and, and in that sense, it's like a bent blade of grass, a turned over leaf. You know, it's the movies where the guy like picks up the, you know, the twig and he smells it and he like tastes it. And he's like, you know, it's been three hours since he was through here. Yeah. Uh, it's that. Um, nice. But I use it as a metaphor for how we find our path through life. Uh, what are those subtle things, those those moments that maybe in and of itself is meaningless, but in a collection of other moments or in the context of a certain time of your life, feel like the next breadcrumb and the ne- next signal or the next clue towards a fuller version of yourself. It's just a nod to all my Western heritage, where, we, where I'm from. And but also what I'm really trying to do, which is to help men understand that life is, it can be magical. It can be, if you want it to be, it can be. And, and what I mean by that is our ability to find meaning in small things and collect them and, in, and, in, and really, in fact, enjoy them. Because when I say magic, I mean like yeah. it's fun, it's coincidental. And oh, there's this like nice like payoff at the end of it. And I don't yeah. mean death. I mean like, oh, like in the moment, in our weeks as parents, in our, in our, our moments as uh, professionals, where we're, you know, we're growing our careers or as partners to our spouses, um, things appear. And it's up to yeah. us, the weight we want to give it and the meaning. I'm not one of those guys that says like, it's all, all for naught. It's all meaningless. And it's just, yeah, you know, um, a series of atoms. I mean, I, don't, I get why people would say that. And and I am actually okay if I get to the end. If I do get to death and that is it, I'm, a, I'm totally fine with that. But for me personally, it's just more enjoyable to live this way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful metaphor. I didn't know what it, what it meant when, yeah. when I first heard, heard it on your podcast and I looked it up. And yeah, I love it because it's, it's also very like visceral. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? Like you said, it's, it's, it's the blade of grass. It's the, I mean, did you see the movie Knives Out? Yeah. Uh, yeah, with uh, with Daniel uh, Craig, like James yeah, Bond. it's a great film. Yeah, he was. I mean, like he was the guy. He was like every little yep. dirt on the on the ground. He noticed, and yeah, and is that? I mean, is this is this idea of and 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 I don't want to like oversimplify what this means sure. or get it wrong, but like is this idea of like seeing 
signs everywhere you go and like following following the path and kind of following where life is taking you is that is that how you live your life um sometimes yeah no i mean the answer is no i don't what i do yeah. is i have a plan which is my desire number one it's my desire like what do i want yeah uh and then I begin to reverse engineer what I want. And along the way, I'm looking for the signs is like, is this the thing I'm actually, am I on the right path? Because uh, I, I don't want it to seem like I wake up in the day and I'm just like, what, where, where am I going next? What's, <laughs> yeah. What possibly could happen? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that, you know, the, if we evoke those things like tracking and hunting, there's something that they desire. Yeah. And, and there is a goal. So I, I'm a very goal-oriented person. I, I, you know, whether it's financial or, or professional or, or, or like you, parental, you know, there's, there's like things I want to do. And along the way, I'm looking for signals and signs. Like, is this, is this the right path? Am I doing this correctly? Uh, if, I'm, if I find no sign, am I on the right path? It, you know, if I'm not getting the feedback from the universe or, or from the tactile parts of my life, is this actually the right place? Yeah. Um, so the signs are more of affirmation along the way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I, and I think it's op to open to interpretation, man. I, you know, yeah. I, I've got a friend who, um, well, I don't want to tell anyone's story, but, it, but it's those moments where you, you think you're on a path, maybe you are pursuing something. And then, and it doesn't work out. And then you turn over and then there's something else in your life that's super meaningful. Like you're standing outside of a shop that, you know, a school or a shop or something. And you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is my path. This is it. Mm. Uh, you know, I'll give you a silly, silly example. Like, yeah. um, so my wife and I own a business that's kind of like the umbrella company to everything we do. And it's called Romance and Adventure LLC. And, and we, it started in the city nine, 10 years ago, the idea. And the idea was- In Santa how, Fe, you're, you're in Santa Fe right now. In Santa Fe, yeah, thanks yeah, yeah. for clarifying. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea was how could we um, optimize a life for more romance and more adventure? And, and we don't mean romance in the sense of like, you know, nice feelings towards one another, my wife yeah. and I. Although, yeah. although we try. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice you thing know. to have still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been married for 13 years. Like, it's it's more like how, how can we bring more of the creative juice of love? Esther mm -hmm. Perel, who's a sex therapist, uh, very famous, uh, calls it erotic, right? Like this, like, life force energy. Uh, how could we create more of that in our life? How could we create more and receive more, not only from one another, but from the world at large and from and from people we do life with and then adventure is adventure is risk and with risk there's there's the the option of failure not an option the 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 uh, odds you know, of failing are higher right a good adventure a good yeah. adventure film is a film that we think the main character may not make it right. the reason indiana jones and um the first one with the ball is like He's running from the ball. We're excited because he might get squished, right? Yeah. And the, and he's being chased by all the the darts and all that stuff. Like that's adventure, but it's also, you know, again the metaphor of like, what are we gonna do with this life that we got? We have a tick, you know, a clock going. It's going. We have no idea when it's gonna stop. And do we want to get to the end of it? Going, man, I played it really safe. I had a really safe life, and I got plenty of money in the bank. 
and uh, I've lived in this really safe neighborhood and really safe, you know, whatever it might be that you feel like is safety to you. And mm-hmm. and I don't want to say that's not uh, that's the wrong choice because it's not. Yeah. If it's for you, it's for you, you know. And I this, but for me and my wife, for us, adventure is, you know, we we want a little bit more out of life. And so we've, we've really been very careful about that, how we do that in our life. And we, we, and that has like been magnified in the way where we live, how we live, how we spend our money. So, so uh, a few years after that, we had, uh, I was leaving my business to, to, um, that I had ran for five years to create a, um, this course that my wife and I put together for couples to create yeah. more romance adventure in their own life. And, and at simultaneously, as we were launching that course, we were considering moving to Europe for several months to just work from the road. Like we were going to yeah. live in a motorhome for five weeks. We were going to rent Airbnbs and these farmhouses, like in the countryside, in Portugal and Southern Spain. Um, and I was looking for signals. I was looking for sign. And, and one night I, and I was nervous about it, we're, we're going to uproot our family in the middle of a school year. Uh, we're going to do school from the road. Uh, but we just both felt like this is the right move. And, and I woke up in the middle of the night, was laying there kind of worried about it. And the strangest thing popped in my head. And that was to go watch the first, um, Jason Bourne movie. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay sounds great. <laughs> so I get up and I watch it and I get through the first 15 minutes, 10 yeah. minutes, maybe 15 minutes. It's where he's like fish, you know, he's pulled from the water yeah. and there's like the whole scene of like them finding the thing in his leg and nursing him back to health. And then there's this like triumphant scene of him on the bow of this boat coming back into Europe yeah. on this fishing boat. And right behind him on the, on the boat is painted the name of the boat which was Adventura Adventure. Yeah. And and I saw it and I never I've seen that movie a million times. And I saw it and I thought that's enough. I'm going to bed and I and I it was like it's all I needed. Like I just needed yeah. you know, it's the it, it was silly. No one well a lot of people would probably say hey, that's stupid, but it mm-hmm. wasn't for me in that moment. It was exactly what I needed to to know and to to feel. Yeah. And I went to bed and slept like a baby. And mm-hmm. So that's I don't know if that answered your question earlier, but that's an example. Know, that's cutting. It's an sign. example. That's cutting. That was sign. that was your blade of grass. That was that. That was the blade that of grass. helped you find helped you find the path to getting to that yeah, that life, yeah. that adventurous life of living in Europe. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll give you another example. Like, I we started a podcast back then called "Sexy Tuxedo Jesus," and well, say, uh, you got to say that one more time. You have to sexy, slow that down. Yeah, sexy tuxedo Jesus. Okay, nice. <laughs> it was really it was a fun podcast, uh, and we put it down. And uh, and in this la- in the last several years, people kept asking me when I start a podcast again, and yeah. and people would like I'd, I'd be at, at a speaking engagement, you know, at some event speaking, and somebody would like go, I really like your voice. Could you have you thought about doing a podcast? And I was like, that's a weird thing to say. And, but yeah. really what, what I was feeling was like, I, I would love more than, I wouldn't love, I, would, I want to do it so bad and I just don't feel like it's the right time. Yeah. And and I kept waiting and waiting. It just didn't feel the right time. And then my co-host Daniel, who I've known for 10 years, you know, out of the blue, was like, when are we, when are we doing this podcast? And I was like, yeah. now, now is the time. I don't like, it just nice. clicked and it was ready to go. So nice. that's cutting for sign as well. You know, I love the, it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, so speaking of, I mean, you mentioned your umbrella company that you and your wife have together, and, yeah. and you have this. Um, I, I guess, I guess, explain to me what what is your business? What is the work that that, that you do? Talk to me. Yeah, about that. so I'm a masculine wholeness coach, and in other words, I help men deconstruct toxic masculinity in their life. There's a spectrum of what that might look like. I think a lot of for a lot of guys, uh, toxic masculinity might be super aggro, super alpha, uh, super sexist, patriarchal. Uh, uh, homophobic, uh, you know, all those, the, you know, if you, if you take the Marlboro man and then make him an asshole and then maybe make him storm the Capitol, like that might be him. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also, but there's also on the other side, toxic masculinity. There's also like the, um, the opposite, which is milk toast. Like the guy who, who has a hard time taking initiative. The guy or the guy who maybe played it completely safe, like he hmm. he might have grown up in church or he might have grown up in a traditional household that really had like, here are the six or nine choices hmm. that you have for your life. You know, the more traditional, more religious you grew up, those choices were even narrower. Yeah. Right. Like here are the three to, to five choices that you have That's right. in your life. And and if you make them, then you're a good little boy. And, and then you add pressure on, like, if you were raised by a single mom, if you were um, an only child, like, there's all these other factors that, that amplify that feeling of making the exact right choice. Yeah. Uh, and then you find that you've, you've done all those things, and then you are left with an insane amount of resentment or emptiness or anger. Or, or you see, see a relationships ending the same way over and over again, or you feel compelled to like answer to your mother over finding your own life and, uh, and striking out on your own. So there's a spectrum of toxic masculinity. I don't, you know, I think it's easy yeah. to, to call it like the asshole kind of thing, but it's also the guy who is the, ni- like the nice guy to, the fu- to a fault mm-hmm. where he has had a really hard time you know, really just getting the life he wants without uh, tripping on some things that he was programmed to do without knowing he was programmed to do it. So I help, un- help men understand that programming and then we just rewire the programming. Is it is it fair to say or is it accurate to say that, are you saying that like you are helping help men find masculine wholeness? Is that is masculine wholeness the opposite of toxic masculinity? Are those like two, like you? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. That's that's a good question. It's a really good question. I, I, I guess say, and maybe that's a two part yeah. question because really, I guess what I'm asking is like, how would you really define masculine wholeness? Like, yeah, like break it down. Like, how would you explain it to a five year old? Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. for someone who doesn't, because because I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there that you you live in a world where, where people kind of speak the same language. Yeah, big time. Right? It's like, so easy to get lost in it too. Yeah. My wife yeah. is a therapist and I remember like when she was in grad school, I would like go out to like have drinks with them and they would all yeah. be like using these terms. I'm like, I don't know what any of you are talking about. Like it feels like insider language. So if you really had to like break it down to somebody who like doesn't, yeah. who just doesn't know, like how would yeah. you, how would you describe it? Yeah. Um, it's a guy, masculine wholeness is, is a person who knows what they want and knows the cost of what they want. He understands the effort and discipline. And then he understands that there is also a key ingredient necessary, which is um, empathy and ability to listen. And if he's really integrated, the ability to bring people along with him. Hmm. So 
you know, to to a five-year-old, it's a dad or a man who is a really good guy, who's like a good guy, good guy in a movie, but isn't afraid to uh, fight hard or work hard or to um, uh, do the things that no one else wants to do. And in our culture, in our culture, doing the things that no one else wants to do is often, often means growing up past what culture wants us to do. I mean, I think right now our culture is, is primed for uh, perpetual adolescence. And how so? Well, um, okay. So when you were a kid and uh, your parents didn't want to deal with you, they just put you in front of a screen, right? Yeah. <laughs> and now that option is like that times a million. I mean, it, it is like, so my, I got a tattoo the other day and my tattoo artist was going, man, I really wish I could get home in the afternoon or in the evening. Uh, I, by the way, I think that's an incredibly hard job because it's like super skilled. You have to talk really well, have great conversations. You've got to be a humorist. You got to yeah. deal with, you got to like wrestle people while they're squirming, which he had to do with me. Yeah. Uh, and it he's like, but I get home and I, I just turn on the TV and then I have like another screen in front of the TV and he's like, yeah. and I'm watching what people do with their life, wanting to do that thing with my own life and thinking like, fuck, I'm sitting here on a screen. But it's yeah. like, so so there's this kind of spoon feeding of pleasure and spoon mm. feeding of um, uh, numbing out. I mean, I just think of like Donkey Island. I don't know if that's actually what it's called. Pleasure Island, whatever it's called for Pinocchio. Okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Donkey Island. Donkey Island's a whole, that's a whole different thing. Is that a different thing? No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that like sounds something scared. terrible? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds dirty. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, and then we look at, um, you know, the, the industries that target men. I mean, they're essentially yeah. magnified toys, right? Whether yeah. it's our, our vehicles uh, our, you know, our pastimes, our sports, the things that we follow, it's, it's, it's childhood turned up, scaled up to a way that's going to capture the dollars, uh, of a, of a full grown adult. And, and not that those are, not that there's wrong with any of the, wrong with any of those things. It's, it's what you make your life about in the process. And, mm-hmm. and I think that you can also do the opposite, right? Like you could, you could isolate yourself and be really serious about your life and really like, you know, spiritual or, or, um, uh, philosophical or austere, you know? And, and still, if like, there's this part of you that feels like it's not quite where it should be. I think a lot of men have this feeling where they feel capable, way more capable than what they're doing. And, yeah. and I don't even mean professionally. It just is like at large. Like I feel like I am caged and there's so much more to have. Yeah. And and we can distract ourselves from that feeling really easily. Maybe, maybe we could say it's the age of perpetual adolescence or the age of distraction. Yeah. No, and you have to re- retrain your brain. It's really hard. I mean – it's it's just like any other discipline in your life. But once you begin to do it, it gets easier and easier. The front end is hard, just like any journey, like health journey, mental health journey, you know, uh, getting ready for a trip, like getting all the front end stuff is really t- is really tough. 
and there's there's voices going on in in, in everyone's head about oh this isn't going to be for you you yeah. know you you are somehow uniquely disqualified from this kind of life that you want um i i am a non-drinker and i got i got help non-drinking hmm. from uh from aa yeah. and yeah, especially in the early days and and I heard someone say in, in one of those early meetings was uh, everyone in here thinks that they're so they're somehow so special, such a special alcoholic that they're never going to get better. Hmm. And, and and I was like, oh, shit, she called me out like or 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 that I don't belong there. Right. And yeah. and I think that's where we flip flop from. Like, I'm either past help or like, no, 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 I'm OK on my own and I can just keep figuring this out. Um so, you know, I, I help men who feel that feeling. They feel it deep inside of them of knowing that there's something more to life. Yeah. Whether they made all of the right decisions, that's generally guys I work with, or they realize they've like, they've burned bridges. Yeah. They've burned a lot of bridges. And and those bridges, they realize weren't burning themselves in the beginning. You know, at some point they realize those bridges weren't lighting on fire on their own. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they they finally look down and go, "Oh, I got all these matches and gasoline all over me. I I should probably, you know, address this." So, the tough the, the tough part about that is is it's neither are fun places to start from. <laughs> right. But the cool thing is um is once you realize where you are, you can begin to make a lot of progress towards your journey. And yeah. what does that progress look like, right? Like you're probably yeah. going like, what the hell are you talking about? Like it means letting go of something like my life sucks because my parents didn't write me, uh, raise me right. 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 Like there, there's like a mindset people will carry. Like I am mad at my, my life sucks or I have a bad life because of A, B, and C because of some, some someone else, a parent, an ex-wife, a buddy from college, who knows what. So forgiving someone like that or mm-hmm. learning how to live without resentment or releasing that resentment in your life. Like there are actual practices that I teach around those things. Yeah. Um, remembering things in your life, childhood moments, moments where shame or fear entered your life and has continued to speak to you for a long time. Right. I'll give you a couple examples from my own yeah. life. Um, First through third grade, I was the only Anglo kid at an all Hispanic school. The only white kid. I was made fun of because of my blue eyes, my pale skin, um, relentlessly pushed around, you know, and and I didn't know I was I, I didn't know I was different. Like I just like I just was a kid. I don't think kids care, right? At a yeah. certain point. And but at a certain point, um, kids started to like push me. And call me names and all that stuff. And at that at that moment in my life, I actually spoke Spanish really well. Like I, I went, it was a bilingual school, and um, I was like, "Screw this! I'm out. I'm not speaking your dumb language anymore. I'm out of here." And and I carried that fear and shame in my life for years, hmm. years and years. And I had to go back in my life and and understand that I can rewrite that memory to to be a different experience to my nervous system. Yeah. So I learned the tools to do that and I went back through it and I did it. And and now I don't hold those boys who were probably treated the same way by somebody in their life, right? Yeah. They probably experienced racism in some terrible way. 
or their parents did, or they saw it somewhere. And, and I have, you know, that's that fear that used to hold me back. Doesn't hold me back anymore. Um, and I could, I could, you know, go on and on with examples. And what I hear you saying though, is so much of it is, I mean, with your kind of original definition of masculine wholeness and your examples are just, it's so much about, I guess, taking responsibility, being being intentional about where you want to go, like knowing where you want to go and what you want to be like. Though what's tough at the beginning about that is, is it might be hard to even know what you want and where you want to go. Because at a certain point, if you've been programmed in a certain way, let's say we talk about the religious guys. I was raised that way, by the way. Yeah. It's dangerous to want something outside of there. Yeah. Your body doesn't know the difference. Your body physically does not know the difference between that danger and, let's say, the saber-toothed tiger, right? Right. Your little reptilian brain is like, danger, 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 you're going to die. And if you grew up in a religious household, not only are you going to die, you're going to die the eternal death. You're going to hell, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Right? scary. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. So a nervous system has a really hard time even beginning to dream of a different desire. Um, but there's clues and there's, and if you learn to read the clues, you can go back and notice when those clues happened in your life. A lot of people will notice them, you know, days gone by. Um, I'll use an example of my own life. Yeah. I love to write. I'm a writer. I'm writing a book right now. Uh, but when I first started writing, I was too afraid to admit it. I was too afraid because it didn't fit in the one, two, three, you know, paths that I thought I was going to do. Yeah. But I would have like a professor pull me aside and say something like, you have a really special gift. This writing thing is like, you know, not common amongst my students. <laughs> like you yeah. need to do something about it. And that kind of thing like happened over and over. And I and I would like totally ignore it out of fear because it didn't fit in the box that I was told I could grow up in. And it wasn't until I was adult when all that existential dread and like all of that stuff was roiling in my soul and my mind and my body really a body it is a bodily experience Hmm. did i start to go well where were the clues that i should have followed in the past yeah and then as i started to make those congruent right if if, once i started taking action towards the the those past clues all of that fear began to physically disappear in my body do you feel fear in your body like when you're afraid or anxious do you feel physically feel it in your body yeah yeah i feel it like my stomach pit of my stomach Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Where in your stomach? Where's the pit of your stomach for you? Yeah, like in the belly. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's where I feel it. Start asking people the the same question. See what you hear. It's different. Everyone has a slightly different. Yeah. What do you think that means? I don't know. I don't know. I think that um, I'm totally curious about it. Uh, But I've noticed that uh, people carry it around different places. Like I've heard people say it's in my chest. I've heard people say like it's in their face. Yeah. Um, I personally, it's like right in my solar plexus, like all my emotional, uh, mm. s- emotional output or the signals I, I feel are right there. So yeah. if I'm happy, I feel it there. If I'm sad or angry, it's all right there. Uh, and we'll get to anger in a little bit, <laughs> but it, it's yeah, all I, there. I, I really love the idea of like going back and seeing those signs in the past and those things that you wish you would have followed or you just didn't know to follow. I mean, even for me, I mean, I mean, I know I've told you like 
you know, definitely grew up in that world, um, very religious and haven't, it's not really part of my life now, but I, I, I look back on that time and I see the things that I wanted to do and how I, I kind of shelved a lot of my desires mm-hmm. because I thought they were tied to, to that. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like I, right. totally. and like I, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time, you know, teaching in, in kind of the church world and, and I haven't, I haven't exercised that part of my, my life for so long because it was so tied to that world. Right. And like now I, I mean, even doing something like this, like this podcast, I'm like, this is me wanting to like share my own thoughts and beliefs yeah. and voice in in a way that I haven't done in almost like two decades, which yeah. is crazy it's to say that out crazy. loud yeah. that like, I've kind of like stifled that for so long. Yeah. Um, like my own, like wanting to put my own voice into something. Yeah. Um, and, and I see how, how, how much I, I feel like I lost a lot by doing that. Um, yeah. so I, I, I hear what you're saying and I feel what you're saying. Um, but as you, as you've come back into this part of yourself, are you feeling like there's a kind of a wind at your back, a momentum that's starting to gather for you? Yeah, a little bit because I, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm wanting to, you know, cause people are kind of like, Oh, Hey, that's something like, you're pretty good at that. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, this is something I've done for a long time. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. how I've always thought of myself. But other, but for a long time, nobody, nobody has. And so it's yeah. good to get feedback. Um, and yeah, it does. It does feel good. And and it and it makes me think like, I want to share more. I want to yeah. to give more. And I, um, I, I loved your your definition in masculine wholeness about those who can take people on the journey with them. Yeah. Like that's it, man. That's yeah. That's what it's really all about. That's it, next level, and I love that. Um, it really is, and and I and I owe that a lot both to my religious background, yeah, but also to um, the twelfth step in AA, yeah. which is to help somebody, yeah. And and the magic in that is like you don't have to be like really good at it. Like you just have to like have a few more days or a few more, you know, a few day, a few more days of recovery or or you know some amount that's that just shows somebody it's possible. I mean, yeah. I think that's all any of us are trying to understand is like, is the thing I want in my life possible? That's the question. Yeah. And and, and so we're looking for that truth. The answer yeah. to the question, like, just, you know, and, and when you show your, when you live your life, when Matt Brunk starts his podcast or begins to teach about his stuff or like goes live on Instagram or makes his Instagram photo or whatever it is, TikTok, whatever, yeah. what he's doing is saying, this truth I'm experiencing is true and yeah. it's available to you. And I know it's available to you because I've experienced it. And we see that, man, we see that in sports all the time, right? Like when they, when the, you know, the mile uh, records were broken, I, I come from the climbing world. I was a rock climber for a long time. Like what used to take people months, then took them weeks, then yeah. took them days That's to so the true. point, point where, you know, Ron Cecil, a dad from nowhere, like, ended yeah. up climbing a big wall like in in hours right like yeah so yeah that is that goes back to i think something we were hmm. kind of dancing around earlier which is a mindset or a mental shift that is required for us to go from this thing is not possible in my life it's not possible to get out of debt it's not possible to stop drinking it's not possible to have a happy, happy marriage it's not possible to be a good dad it's not possible to have a career that feels fulfilling. You know, what all, you know, all the we can yeah. go on and on. Yeah. To holy shit, I just saw someone do this. If he can, I can. Yeah. And with their help, I can do it even faster than they did. Exactly. That's point. exactly yeah. right. I love it. Yeah. So, 
speaking of being a good dad, <laughs> this is, um, I'm curious as this is, you know, uh, yeah. the better dad podcast, as I told you, I, I, I wish it was a funnier name, but it's more, uh, you know, it's took it very literally. Let's just get a little bit better as dad. Let's do it. <laughs> um, how, how does, so, so, so tell me you, you have, you have two kids, correct? Yeah. I have two, two kids. Yeah. I'm probably the best dad ever. Oh wow! <laughs> just kidding. Wow. <laughs> Dude, nothing, I, nothing just makes you feel as bad about when you're when you feel like a bad dad because it's just like, it's supposed to. It's such a big deal, and it should be like, the biggest thing in the world. Like it should be like these people who you're like you're supposed to like love more than anything, and like you brought into this world. They didn't yeah. ask to be born. They didn't. No. They didn't. They didn't no. ask for this. You forced no. them to be born. You and, brought them to existence. <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes you feel bad when you like do them wrong. And um but how how does how how does masculine wholeness how does masculine wholeness this this idea um how how is this played into your 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 parenting and to being a, yeah, a father? That's a good question. Well, let's go ahead and put some cards on the table, Matt. Yeah. And okay. And cause you cause I forced you to on my podcast. Um, oh man. And that is, uh, I didn't know I had an anger problem until I became a dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I was like a, a pretty good guy. Like I'd been, you know, in a few altercations. Like th- I just, you know, I didn't see it coming. And yeah. then once I became a dad and I adopted my, my, my wife was a single mom and um, the birth dad was just not around. Uh, I adopted her son, uh, which I, which I, there's a whole great story around that. And it was yeah. great. One of the, I mean, honestly, one of the best things I've ever done in my whole life. Like hmm. in a way it's like, it's like on a different, it's in a different world than marrying my wife. Like I, I treasure that. I'm so glad we did it. That's wonderful. But like adopting my son felt like a, a very different kind of experience. Yeah. And, and and with that, part of that experience was this fear that one day he might reject me because I've never hid the fact that he's adopted. And and I've always been afraid of that. So that, that's going to come back around in a moment. But, okay. um, you know, when he's little, when he was a little kid, it was easy. I mean, I, I, I came into his life when he was around two. Um, and and they're fine, right? Like, I, at least at least for yeah. me in my, in my time, it was fine. Once he started making his own decisions which were different than the decisions that I wanted, yeah. right? Whether it was like closed on a certain day or who knows what, like, yeah. and I couldn't find a reasonable slew of words that could come out of my mouth that would, you know, make him act differently. Yeah, That's when, you know, f- like yelling at my child would happen. Yeah. And, and I, and I was never, I never hurt my child um, out of anger. Uh, I mean, if we've wrestled plenty of times and like got bumped up, but like, I've never yeah. heard him out of anger, but I could tell it wasn't far. Like I could tell, like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same, I'm on the same block. Like I, like this is, this is for real. And that was for me, the signal for me to go like, what, what is the, all the elements that are happening in my life when this is going on. And for me at the time, I, I thought maybe the easiest one was drinking mm. and, um, Cause I had had a couple of years of like, before I was married in particular, like where I was, I was doing it, you know, I was like blacking out a few times a week and driving drunk and all that terrible shit. And, mm-hmm. and, and I got, I thought I had a handle on it and I, and I was, you know, mostly okay in that world, but, but yelling at my kid, and this is what I thought 
one day he's gonna really realize that I am actually not his birth father. Like it'll it'll all come together. Yeah. He'll what he'll then go, well, why did my dad why why did my birth dad reject me? And then if this guy's supposed to take care of me, this adopted guy, why is he such an asshole? Hmm. And I just thought, he doesn't need more dad problems. I don't need to like add to this. Yeah. Um so I I I quit drinking, which was its own exciting experience. Um, and uh, if anyone is listening and going, like, how do I quit? Just find an AA meeting. Like, yeah. just do what they tell you to do. <laughs> yeah. But um, but then my anger didn't necessarily go away right away. Yeah. And, and it was really reflecting on what was happening before, during, and after. And... And realizing where are these triggers coming from? What am I like as it's going on? And what I do afterwards. And the fastest way out of it, Matt, was like learning to apologize to my child. Yeah. And how does that how does that work in the masculine wholeness thing? Is real masculinity is integrated with femininity. It's a deep masculine that only comes from going into the deep feminine. Okay. Well, what's the deep feminine? Well, the deep feminine is holding space like a mother would hold space. Yeah. Holding a child, despite that child's temper tantrums, despite the child's fears. Uh, I mean, these are these are high, really high level ideas, right? Like it's just, yeah. you know, um, broad strokes. So, apologizing, you know, admitting I was wrong, mm-hmm. was like a lot of those first steps, and then I and then that was the first successes in that in my life. And then it started to work backwards, which was as I was yelling, I was catching myself and going, yeah. oh, uh, what's at stake? What, is there a bank robbery? Is there like, you know, is the world <laughs> right. about to like melt down? <laughs> like, is the yeah. house on fire? <laughs> like, yeah. like, what's really at stake here? And right. and catching myself in those moments and saying like, oh, hey, I've I lost my, my temper. And yeah. I'm losing it right now. I'm going to stop. Uh, and then you going back further, you know, so what are the things that like, what are the triggering events and realizing like my own need for control, my own need to feel powerful, my own need to feel right. I'm, yeah. I'm counting on my hand. Yeah. Uh, people can't see me. Um, <laughs> You're saying that's what's at stake. That's what's right? at stake. Right. Yeah. Exactly. E- I, when I, it's ego, it's always ego, right? Like my ego is at stake. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day, man. I was trying to get my kids into a bathroom at Trader Joe's several years ago. Yeah. And um, and I don't exactly remember what had happened. Maybe my child like started to go through the door when someone was in there. I cannot remember. I just like I put my hand in front of one of my children. I don't even remember who it was with. And and I'm I I don't even remember what I did. I just remember that this guy came out and goes, "Hey, relax, man. They're just kids." <laughs> Oh man. And <laughs> yeah. And that lit me on fire, dude. I was like, yeah. I was I didn't say anything to him because he was right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. But for a while I was like looking around the neighborhood I was walking, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna tear into that guy. Like I can't <laughs> wait to see him. And then that my guy. wife was like, my wife's like, I told her about it, you know. Which is also a great tool to like tell someone you're fuming, tell somebody you're just, you know, you're yeah. raging, you're redlining. Yeah. She's like, he's just a guy, Ronnie. Like, he's just a dude who, like, yeah. 
you know, and they aren't, by the way, just kids. And yeah. and I and that just like pulled the pin on my ego, just like mm. deflated completely. But that's what I mean. I think that's what this is all about, right? Like an ego death. Yeah. And and realizing what we thought we needed to be doesn't have to be. And and what's great though is we get to choose something different. Hmm. And and now we I get to play with this thing with anger in my life where I say to my kids. I give them a challenge like way beforehand. If you see dad starting to redline, it's okay to say something that would get my attention. Like my 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 daughter, I don't know where she learned this, probably TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, she my son started to rage at her at the dinner table about a month ago. Yeah. And he's like huffing and puffing and he's like trying to like he's 14, he's trying to think of something like really cutting to say. And, and he's like building it up and you could tell it's going on. And my wife and I are trying to like give him the signals of like, Hey buddy, it's like time to come down without yelling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my daughter looks at him. She like puts her little hand on her chin and uh, she's like, you know what? You got great eyebrows. <laughs> and, That's great. And he like, he completely stopped. He like, he, he like, he's like, what? Uh, uh. And he like looked at himself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. And I said to my daughter, I said, "Hey, if you catch me starting to starting to rage, if I'm starting to like light up, totally say that. Say that. It's totally okay. I give you full full permission and full invitation to to bring that out because I know that I do that too sometimes." Yeah. I love and that. I, and I feel like you could open that door because you had apologized in the past. Yeah. yeah and because you exactly had right. acknowledged the anger. Totally. Um, yeah. Totally. And you can give them permission to like call it out. Yeah, dude, it's um, it's like it was very hard to apologize in the beginning, but I I love apologizing to my kids now. Yeah, and and, and now like I think my scariest moments as a dad with that are like making promises that I can't fulfill. Mm-hmm. Like I'll say them in the moment. Th- number one, thinking it's totally possible. You know, like oh we'll go do this when such and such happens. Yeah, and then it doesn't happen. Like such and such doesn't happen. Yeah. Or or some other thing comes in the way, and then you then you have a broken promise, right? And that was my dad, like big time. Yeah. And so it, it cuts me really deep when that goes when I do that myself. And apologizing in those moments is like my favorite. And and showing them, not telling them, but showing them how to make it right is is like that's that's my jam as a dad. That's like that's when I feel like this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I, what do you think that says to a kid when they see their dad own up to their mistake? What do you, what does Here, that do here's what I hope, dude. I, I hope that it gives them that skill set. Yeah. I hope that they have that skill set. Number one for themselves, because we amplify the negative voices in our head to ourself. I've, I don't know if you saw the movie Soul. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah, that right. scene of the amplification of the voice, the eternal voices, right? When they're wandering around in the dark and there's like the the playback of people saying negative things to them. Yeah. You know, we do that to ourselves, unfortunately. Mm. And and so I hope number one when they learn to apologize, like they can do it to for to and for themselves. Like they can they can actually release themselves from that kind of stuff. And then and then I hope that they can do that 
for their friends and their siblings. And then eventually, you know, for whatever adult relationships they have, whether it's marriage or parenthood, you know, I, I came from a family that between my mom and dad, they were married and divorced 13 times. Wow. And uh, there's 27 divorces within my family, including my own. I got a divorce to a girl when I was in my mid-20s. And in my whole mission in life, well, I shouldn't say that. One of my great objectives in life is to break that cycle. Yeah. Not not just divorce. That's not what I'm talking about in particular. Like is is the is the elements within ourselves, in myself, that lead to divorce. <laughs> right? Because yeah. it's like you can't treat divorce like it's its own thing, right? Like it's it's not right. a disease. Some, something <laughs> something will replace it if you yeah. if just not getting divorced is your goal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's about a hundred different things, right, that are yeah. in the process. Um do you watch motorsports at all? Motorcycles, cars, or anything like that? No, no. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like any of those Formula One, MotoGP, dirt bike racing, like any of that stuff, it's not one thing that wins or loses. It's like a bunch of things together. And and that is humanity. That is our relationships, right? And and so what it says to a child is like, it's possible and uh, I gotta do it in order to be good. And um and if my dad can do it, I can do it, right? Yeah. Like that's what I hope. I hope that they see. Yeah. Uh, and if my mom can do it, I can do it. And if nice. my mom and dad can do it to get to each other, then I can do it to someone else. Um, of course, my kids are kids, and so like I still have to remind them to <laughs> to forgive people and say they're sorry and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they're I getting to... pretty damn good at it. <laughs> I also have to be reminded to forgive and say I'm sorry. Mostly be my wife. I... <laughs> Yeah, man, it's tough. Um, we, I, we could talk much a much longer amount of time about the topic of, of anger, and maybe, maybe we could do it again. But I, uh, yeah, I, I've just been. I, I'll just like my new thing is just to leave the house. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go do on a you, walk. Do you slam the door? What do you do when you're angry? Uh, yeah, I'll slam. Yeah, I've slammed doors. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then and then I get mad when my kids do it. Sure, of course. <laughs> when they Dude. literally do the exact same thing I just did, and yeah. like, yeah, I'll make a big scene out of it because I'm dr- dr- I'm a drama queen, and yeah, and, but yeah, uh, uh, it's it helps so much just to leave, and then I can come back and be like, hey guys, and usually it's just like calm. I come home, yeah. I go on a walk, and I'm angry, and I come back, and the house is just like perfect. And the kids are like <laughs> calm and like reading a book. Or doing, it's like it's like a beautiful quaint home, and it makes me yeah. just stop and be like, "Oh, that was me. It was not them. 100%. I was I was yeah. the problem." <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. Well, I, I I do have I I do have one more question for you, and yeah. this is kind of like, me. I mean, this is just the most like gem- generic question, but here okay. it is. It's okay. the last one. Um, if you had to just like boil it down, if you were just like, man, here is my advice to a dad. Yeah. Um, who's out there. You had one chance to give a dad some advice. What is your, what is your advice to a dad out there to just to be a little bit better as a dad? Oh, follow Matt Brunk's plan here and be intentional and make being a dad an intentional part of your life. Like put that damn shit on the calendar, like actually put it in the calendar and make it happen. Like, yeah. 
my 14 year old, like it scares me how fast we got to 14 yeah. and how fast we're going to get to 18. Yeah. And, and it's a lot easier when they're young to go, we're going to, we're going to do this many camping trips. We're going to do this many uh, nights alone with dad. You know, we're going to, we're going to learn these things. Cause as, the, as he gets older, he's, you know, he's his own man. I mean, he's already starting to be his own man. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a free range, you know, kid on a skateboard team in a skateboard city. And, uh, man, I am not as cool as any of that stuff. <laughs> nice. I took him, uh, we, we hiked 10 miles last summer and the bet, I mean, he, and he was a champion. Like he was yeah. like, you know, out of his element, but he's like, I could do this once a year, dad. <laughs> I was grateful for that. Nice. I was super You're grateful. like, all right, we're putting on the calendar, right? Yeah, now. exactly. That's exactly nah, right. I love that. I think it's just so true. I think it, it's intentionality also means right daily consistent action it's like it's like exercise yeah. it's like you know yeah it's like that's it that's it it's every day it's daily consistent action and being intentional totally yeah so, and I and we it. and we do that in small ways too like we have like family dinners on certain certain nights we have like a family only night on a certain night we yeah. we try to do um we have like yeah. a family vacation time you know all that stuff and it's just but it's all on the calendar it's all real on the calendar yeah. and yeah we work around that yeah. I love it. Thank you. Well, um, I appreciate you asking. Go ahead. Yep. Well, I was just going to say also, where can people find you? That's, you know, that's the podcast question. Yeah. We're like yeah. Middle-aged uh, white men who have podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> someday, someday we're all going to have our own like spectrum of light. We'll be able to turn, <laughs> tune into, uh, uh, you can find me at roncecil.com, uh, or you can find me at rcecil, Cecil spelled Charlie echo, Charlie indigo Lima. Uh, on uh, Instagram. Nice. And um, that's awesome. it, man. Super simple. All right. Well, well, dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate hearing your perspective and you taking the time. And um, I personally am just hoping for the, the revival of Sexy Tuxedo Jesus. That's what I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> it was a good one, man. It was, so. it was my wife and I shoot the shit and she's a very funny, she's, she's twice as smart as I am with half her brain tied behind her back and funnier. And, nice. uh, it, and we had a good time together. Awesome. So well, thanks, we thanks, Ron. I appreciate yeah. you coming on. All right, man. Take care. Thank you so uh, much. I appreciate right. it.